Church Boys. Hi ho! It's. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> I was gonna do my Mr. Hanky the Christmas poem impersonation, but I got myself laughing at myself and. Oh my gosh! Like the rest of America Billy. laughing at you. So, uh, guys, wait, wait, just huh. shut up for a second. We were in the top 100 again, and we haven't done oh, anything yeah. in weeks. Do you think our ratings go up when we don't? Yes, do I do. I do. People click. I on think it. people are so overjoyed that we haven't come back. They just start listening, so we don't. Like if, if it's if, like if, they just go to the page just to see if we to make if, sure we haven't done anything. If they click on it, they like. If I listen now, they won't record another episode because they'll, they'll start. They'll finally catch on that when they don't record, the ratings go up. We actually and remember we talked about uh was it australia australia get us back up in the rankings oh, or yeah. you're dead to us and then suddenly we were like we we got up to like 30th i think in australia i'd like so. to think it's because the penitent thief was uh uh in theaters over there so oh, that's right that's i mean right. i i am by kind of way, big in australia now by it's the like, way guys, it's like it's like chris hemsworth and then me so I by the by the way my family uh last weekend said so Lucas's movie you guys talked about on the show where is it available so I I told them where they could find it and they they went and re they rented it and they watched it all right yeah they didn't look at that you I, sold you're I selling things Lucas I, I is just selling so many things lately I, didn't, I love I didn't it he's selling them, out I didn't, not in a bad way that sounded terrible I didn't Lucas ask is them, a sellout I didn't ask them what they thought of the movie all that matters is, is what they thought That's of right. me. All, no, all that matters was that they spent you know six ninety nine and read in your movie or whatever you whatever go. the cost was. I don't have the answer. Well, well, you I know, totally appreciate that. You're welcome. I really feel like we need to just mention that Lucas has a book coming out again. Who we does? should listen. If you're looking for things to buy, there's a book that I wrote called Playing with Fire. There's a book that Lucas wrote called The Christian Left. There is also a movie. That we were talking about now that you can buy. We could people right. could I assume we can't sell a three pack of these things on the show. I I've got we could I've if got, we finished our website. I've got my tasteful <laughs> I've got my tasteful nudes that we could put on the where is our web the church boys used to have a website. You know, that's a good <laughs> I a just good launched on lucasmiles.org, brand new site. Yeah. And uh, if you click on podcasts, the church boys is there. Right. And uh, there's a link to our number new one episode. It's your number one podcast. Mm. I, I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, um, the Church Boys. We actually owned the URL, and I had to move things to another platform. And then, for some reason, they canceled the subscription. Anyway, I still have the the rights to the website. To I got a the web guy. We might want to get on that. Yeah, but I want to do it for free. Well, no, I, well, but you know what? For me, oh. honestly, though, honestly, I feel like we should take Lucas up on this. We yes, could have an amazing I blog. I want to hear yeah. from the people, the people listening, all twelve of you. Why? Do you want a? Actually, we act, we have we're in the top one hundred. If I must I say, it. Um, again, I'm going to repeat it. Does anybody but, that like matters know that we're in the top one hundred? Because we're I mean, up do, on these we, big shows. I'm telling we you, are, we are, we are. I know. I so do you want to hear? Do you want to hear from us in blog form? That's the question. I think because if we get a web, if we get our website going again, we can blog things. We yeah. Yeah, talk about be. things we could mock lucas's hair yes. all the time right. i think we need um, a church boys tiktok page is it just going to be chris doing interpretive dances and twerks is that what it's going to be <laughs> i because only we will be banned. Hey, listen, i don't know if you can't can you subscribe on tiktok and make money on it i mean is, is, there, is, is, is there a paid side but is there a paid side of tiktok because there i own is, um, they have like their um their creators fund or something like that they I, call it okay i'm I, not cool I, enough to be on that yet i only twerk for money so <laughs> i don't even log into tiktok anymore i can't be a part of it i feel like you're that kid that if you don't do it perfectly you don't want to do it that's if i cannot if i am not going to arrive and the people are going to love me i'm out i you give it a week mad that i was getting more views than you were I don't even care about that. I want I wanted to attract more than 82 followers. It's the only social media platform that I have completely failed at. I'm terrible at most of them, but I completely failed at it. And I gave up. I gave up. And you know what? Whatever. But then you're like moseying around on TikTok, Lucas, and you stumble upon a Satanist oh, account, yes. which only you would find. And I have to tell you, this person's <laughs> eyes really bother yeah, me. disturbing. Yes, this. I mean, it appears that this man is wearing red contact lenses, but like huge red contact lenses. Oh, or he's injected his eyeballs with red food coloring. Yeah, no, it can't be. They have like, to be. I, I mean, can you tattoo your eyeballs that that way? Because I don't know. That's got to be. I would be. be I want to get big black ones so that I could just like walk around with like Fred Durst eyes. Not Fred Durst. He was the <laughs> Limp Bizkit guy. What's the the Durst who killed people? 
He had like these black eyes. I don't know, but Fred. Why does Fred anybody Durst, know? I'm pretty sure is not I, that person. Um, Robert Durst. Robert okay. Durst eyes. There we but, go. But this guy's eyes and it like the contacts are so the the red in his eyes are so is so big that I don't know how he would have gotten the contact in, but I can't imagine any other way. Yeah, how do you get the contact those contacts in like that? I don't, I don't know. know if they're contacts. You should ask him. Yeah, I mean that's like a full on thing. Yeah, it's like almost his entire eyeball. Like it's is not red. just the pupil; it's like the whole eyeball is yeah. red. Yeah, yeah, the white part of the eye. Yeah, it's very anyway. You you stumble upon this video and you decide to have a total fit and respond to it. So I did what's called a stitch on TikTok, where you take a portion of the video and you play that and then or you kind of record that sample and then you're able to comment afterwards or record your own thing. And so I kind of let him say his little deal and then I commented afterwards. And the interesting thing is this guy is a guy who refers to himself as a uh, Satanist, uh, that he belongs to what he calls the Lucifer gang. Um, so I think Chris, you spent some time in the Lucifer gang, didn't you? And, uh, yeah, um, I, was, I was only in, I was only for a little bit, but okay. And so he calls himself part of the Lucifer gang and he is thanking progressive Christians during this video, basically saying that they're the only ones that accept him and essentially that they're the version of Christianity that the world needs. Do we have this clip? Yeah, we do. And and the thing is, it's like he was teeing up a softball for you because this is your wheelhouse right now. It's all you're doing. Like you've shuttered your church, you fired all of your staff, and you're only doing book promotion now. So this guy this just is, threw one up. This here. is true. So let me let me pull up the clip here. I got it on this other screen. All right. So this is the guy from Lucifer Gang. Here we go. There is a wave of Christian people that I have met on this app, and I have found favor among them. Progressive Christians are what the world needs right now. We both agree that religion needs massive amounts of change. Between your flawed Bibles, asinine ideals, and just outright misinformation, we've had enough. So in a Lucifer gang first, I'm here to thank you Christians, progressive Christians, for your assistance in this fight against misinformation. If you believe in God, I support you. However, believe half of what you see and believe nothing that you hear. I mean, is it is it possible? First of all, has he responded to you to your fit? No, he hasn't responded. I'm kind of offended. <laughs> well, uh, I no, mean, he hasn't responded. Here's I don't know anything about this person. I don't know. I do listen. I'm we not have almost fifty thousand followers. So it, you know, that's to give you an idea. Which that's a lot more than my eighty. Following six hundred and sixty-six people. Of course, he is. Yes. So he has to drop um, somebody before he can start following you. That's too bad. Who is he following? Now I'm very curious yeah. by this. Who are some of the follow- people? Are there Billy any like, wants, notables? Billy wants uh, to know if he's following it's actually Billy. just Billy Hollowell's account. Six hundred and this is like when times. this is like when the Freedom From Religion Foundation mm-hmm. and I would fight back and forth on Twitter. And, you know, that hasn't happened in a long time. I'm actually looking because they used to have six hundred and sixty six. <laughs> that uh, now that six hundred and sixty four people they're following. They must have lost two people when Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so. What what bothered you most about this, Lucas? Let's start there. I don't think bother is the right word. I think that it is just very telling that you have someone who considers himself a Satanist, who is able to identify with and support and lock arms with progressive Christianity. I think it really demonstrates the you know, um, the true makeup of what progressive Christianity is. It is, in fact, a different religion than Christianity. And a lot of people don't understand that, which I'm happy to talk about. Um, but I think it really reveals that. And so, you know, he's specifically criticizing those that, uh, and he goes on to say, you know, um, you know, there was kind of a quote in there about, you know, you you people that hold to, you know, your asinine, you know, right. uh, version of the Bible and these sorts of things you know, that, uh, um, you know, we're tired of you. And and so he's criticizing those that hold to a biblical worldview and showing that Satanism and progressive Christianity work hand in hand. So, yeah, it's it's pretty telling. If you're, if, if the Satanist is saying, thank you to this group of Christians for telling the world what Christian ad- Christianity should actually look like, <laughs> what does that tell you, right? <laughs> what does it tell you? Everything I, you need to know about the movement. 
I guess, you know, I don't know if this person is somebody who's really a Satanist, if they're doing it for attention. Right. I don't I don't know anything about this person, but it is it is very interesting that and this happens a lot with progressive Christianity. And it's funny because if you're going to herald progressive Christians who are supposed to believe the Bible, they believe they're sort of their own version, their own interpretation of the Bible. It's ironic that in the same sentence, you would be condemning the Bible as being filled with falsehoods. And so what do you then assume about? Right. Progressive Christians. Right. So so when you look at that, though, I mean, I, again, I've known a lot of progressive Christians and you go back to what Jesus says in Matthew 7, 13 and 14, you know, about the narrow gate and right. wide is the gate and broad is the road and that leads to destruction. I have the verse in front of me and many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. I mean, the entire biblical narrative is that that is basically that there is a narrow road. And yet we're being told by this giant subset of Christians that the road is very wide and don't worry about it. Just, you know, yeah, whatever. Is because I mean, it just right. shows what they think of scripture. And so, you know, and I'll, I'm going to force you guys to do a whole episode of my book at some point, but you know, part help of, us. part of, uh, part of what we're seeing here, you know, during the 1700s, during the enlightenment, there was a term that was developed and used for the first time called biblical criticism. And biblical criticism essentially is, is the, the process of looking at scripture and using what was really the God of the enlightenment, which was human reasoning in order to evaluate each passage to see what seemed believable and plausible and what didn't. And so um, basically, you know, through philosophers like Voltaire and Kant and Hegel and these others, uh, there began this, this movement that began to really cut away everything about Jesus, everything about the gospels that did not line up with human reasoning. So what's going to go? The miraculous, forgiveness of sins, the Godhead, the deity, you know, uh, the, the divine aspects of Jesus, the, the resurrection from the dead, eternal life, you know, um, the whole nature of sin in general. And, and so what they were left with is what they called their term, the historic Jesus. And what they, they said that they created a portrait of the historic Jesus. And so that portrait is literally not the same Jesus. It's actually not even a real person is what they've ended up with. It's just sort of this Frankenstein of beliefs. But it is not based upon Scripture because they believe, again, be, by the dogma of progressive Christianity, where it started. That doesn't mean that everybody who's on the left who considers him a Christian is doing this. But progressive Christianity, as by its nature and creed, does not believe the Bible is re as reliable as human reasoning. So they trust human reasoning more. That is a premise of progressive Christianity. And so therefore, these verses that you throw at them, it doesn't matter because mm -hmm. they're going, well, those are just verses. That, right. Those don't mean anything to me unless they line up with my reasoning. So it doesn't matter how many scriptures we quote, you know, it's going to fall on deaf ears. So I have a, so, uh, I, so then my question is, well, I have a whole lot of questions, and I, I, I agree we need to do When does your book come out officially? May 4th. So we need to do something before May 4th. Maybe yeah. maybe even next week. I don't know a, a show all about your book, and maybe there's some other people we could bring on to talk about this. I think it'd be great. Yeah. But so my question is, and I'd love to get other aspects besides just uh, other um, perspectives besides just yours on this. But what is the point of uh, other than to undermine with an evil agenda or an agenda of your own? I don't want to. I won't even call it evil with an agenda of your own. To undermine what is what's the point of even calling yourself Christian if you're like, I'm going to do I'm I'm not going to believe these things I'm not going to believe that what the Bible says is true but I like this Jesus character because he was nice and he said some things that I think were were good what's they the believe point it's of, true but what's I mean, the they point believe of it? it they believe that this version of remember that Brenda girl by the way that we sat with Lucas outside of the that fire pit remember that yeah. she's blowing up everywhere she's got a book coming out at the same time oh, that you do God is gray is her channel. Oh, interesting. She, I, she was just on Jonathan Steigarden's uh, podcast. That was a weird night, by the way. Well, yeah, I roped you into that because I wasn't doing it alone. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, the, the reality is she she's a progressive Christian and very, very nice girl. We had a great conversation with her. Wrong on a lot of things in my view, but she's gathering a huge following. People yeah. want to be told, and then I'll let you answer, Lucas, because you're the expert, but people want to be told that what they're doing is okay. They mm -hmm. want to feel mm -hmm. that how they feel and their whims and everything is okay. Whereas again, the gospel tells us that we're going to want to do, and we're going to want to feel a lot of things that aren't going to be good for us. If somebody is, you know, has a proclivity towards alcohol and they're an alcoholic, you don't just say that's really good. Keep doing it. It's great for you. No, you, they don't do it because it's not good for them, but yet culture is bought into a lie. And I right. think progressive Christians really do believe 
the theology that they that they've come to create and embrace. Yeah, I mean, so the the roots of progressive Christianity, it was more so about, I think, an academic ascent. I think it was a um, a lifestyle. It was a philosophy. You know, I mean, um, you could argue that that Stoics, you know, why do you believe in it? If it's just really about this life, there's not there's not a huge aspect of an afterlife, you know, within Stoicism, right. you know, or, or different things. But they believe it because they thought it was true. And they're so the version of the version of Jesus, this historic Jesus, as they call it, that that progressive Christianity boiled things down to, they believed was the true uh, likely um, picture of Jesus and that they still saw aspects about his life and his teaching that were worth following. It's not, they weren't just trying to discredit him. They were just rejecting the miraculous and rejecting all these different aspects. You know, and I see, you know, TikTok is actually full of people teaching progressive Christianity. It's a major <laughs> hashtag on there. And they are saying things like, you know, uh, it's this whole idea that Jesus, you know, had to learn um, that, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, that that he didn't have a full picture that, you know, uh, he and Paul, they were, you know, they're 2000 years ago. So, of course, they're not as woke as we are today. And so, you know, they would learn they would learn they would repent of those things if they were here today. And so you see kind of this aspect. I think a lot of progressive Christians today don't know the roots of progressive Christianity yeah. there. So they just think it is a. Uh, it is a different version of biblical Christianity. They believe that they're following scripture. I don't think a lot of them, you know, would say they're That's downgrading it, the Bible. Because, they're actually trying they don't read, to, and because they don't read it, they don't. Yeah, know what well, it says. if they, some of them, some of them do, but they're using scripture, approaching it with an agenda, and kind of exegeting it in such a way that they're coming up with what they want to believe in, and and I think they're they they enter with a lot of preconceived ideas. Uh, you know, you can twist scripture to try to make it say just about whatever you want. And so, of course, they're using the Bible to defend things like homosexuality. And, you know, right. if Jesus was here, he would support, you know, the trans agenda or, you know, whatever that is. And it's a really um, it's a really bankrupt, you know, bankrupt view, uh, I think, of scripture. And and but it it's weird, the academic arguments that they're making to try to support this. Well, and it it's, it sounds to me and listen, you again, I defer to you. I'm the dummy on the show, right? It sounds to me, look, they're both nodding, yes, yes, <laughs> it, but they, they are denying the divinity of Christ. Yeah, so, so I, I mean, mean there's, not, what I try to help not, people understand they're not, it. they're not explicitly denying it, but they're implicitly denying Some the are explicitly denying it, but there's a spectrum. So there are some people that would kind of view themselves as progressive Christians that would hold truer to the original definition of progressive Christianity, you know, really that came out of this Enlightenment period. They would certainly downplay the divinity of, of Christ and the divine aspects and everything else. They they might hold to, you know, um, certain, you know, concepts or whatnot, but they've really distanced themselves from that. The Bible is not the word of God. I mean, there was a stat here recently. I think we might even talked about this here before is, you know, um, Pew Forum said, you know, 24 percent of the church. Um, you know, whole, still believes the idea of that the Bible is the inerrant word of God, which means 75% of church-going Christians do not believe mm -hmm. that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. There's different spectrums in there. Some progressive Christians are Christians that are trying to follow the, follow the Bible, um, but just think, well, the Bible doesn't say a whole lot about abortion, and so it's not my choice, but it's, it's something that, you know, some people are going to choose, but I'm not going to force them to, you know, view it my way. So there is a spectrum that's in there, and some of those people would still hold to, you know, Jesus as being the Son of God. But the biggest thing that I see is beyond just the the, the downgrading of Scripture, is that the um, the the idea of original sin has been removed, right. and so there is no concept of sin in progressive Christianity. You will never hear our friend Mayor Pete Buttigieg talk about <laughs> forgiveness of sins. Right. You will never hear him talk about that. It is it, he'll talk about Jesus as the great social organizer, Jesus as the reformer, you know, Jesus as a socialist, Jesus as kind to the immigrant and to the poor. So, uh, but you won't hear him talk about our need for a savior, you know, because we are sinful, and that there are aspects of our life that, apart from Christ, really all of our lives apart from Christ, uh, you know, are worthy of hell, and it's only through His grace that we're saved. So do so do they, would they? Hmm, how do I ask this? Are they explicitly? They don't bring up original sin, right? They they won't discuss it. But do they believe it? Because otherwise, what do they say is Jesus' reason for coming in the first place? So most of them say that his reason for coming was about the. They would elevate the incarnation over. And again, these are progressive Christians that would still view Jesus as God, 
okay because mm -hmm. there are some that are out there but it's still a skewed version they would hold to the idea that the incarnation is more important than the death burial and resurrection now obviously we need we need jesus to come in order to you know to sure. die in order to be raised to life but they would almost downplay the resurrection and so what you'll hear is this idea of them refuting what's called uh, penal substitution basically that that jesus gave his life you know as a ransom you know for our mm -hmm. sins and so they will downplay that and so you know you you have kind of some people and there's even people that probably vote right and i've talked about this in the book that are believing leftist ideas about god and one of those is the is you know when they when they begin to strip away from the cross this idea of penal substitution and so they will they will say jesus was the great example yeah. rather than jesus was our sacrifice so he came to live as an example and the resurrection is sort of downplayed or the the really his death burial and resurrection well the virgin birth so, too i mean the virgin so birth is a huge issue they're big, for these people. Yeah, yeah yeah they're big on christmas but they're not so big on good friday and easter i mean well <laughs> right. they're not so big right. on even even the christmas story they have a very hard like why why did it have to be a virgin birth i mean these are conversations i've been in with some even some prominent you know progressive christians there well, are people that are saying that god raped mary by impregnating her I mean, the, the level that this is going to is like but, but This is what Scripture says. I mean, Scripture tells us people are going to be led astray. They're going to be false you know, prophets. They're going to be you know, people who are claiming to be Christians, and they're not. And I think the other factor that we haven't discussed is that it's very easy to be brainwashed. When you're, when you're a cultural Christian, even if you're reading Scripture and you're very rooted in culture, culture has constantly changed what it says is right and wrong throughout right. The history of mankind, and in particular in the last 30 years in this country, the, the massive sways in public opinion and media and Hollywood. And I think that has created a whole generation of people, now young people, who don't know anything other than that. That is yeah. their gospel, is what Cosmopolitan yeah. Magazine is yeah, saying exactly. about you know the latest well, what, exposition. Well, I mean, you guys saw the Grammy Awards stuff and the controversy with Cardi yeah. B and all the, I mean, the non, I mean, it was not much nonsense, it's evil and it's disgusting mm -hmm. what's going on, right? And like the guy from Skeleton, oh, I forgot what did I blanked on his name, John, John Cooper, Cooper, yeah. yep. Cooper, right? You saw what he put out. Was it today he put it out? He put like a 10 minute video out. And he's, he's yeah, he talking, does these 10 minute videos every he's week. He's talking think, about yeah. the Grammys and he says, and he's, he's, he was, criticizing it and he says we're living in a world right now where there are certain dr seuss books you cannot sell on ebay right because they're just too much for anybody to allow to buy they're yanked down from the bookstores it's just too much it's too evil but you can and must applaud the sexual de degradation of cardi b and megan three stallion simulating sex together on the grammys you must celebrate it in fact if you don't celebrate it then you're actually a bad person and kind of like don't you love people right you're not actually nice why would anybody ever call evil good and good evil, he asked. It's simple. They just redefine the terms. The question yeah. is going to define what is good and who is going to define what is evil. Every dictator in history says that what they were doing was good. Anyway, so he's gotten a little well, trouble for that. I think that everybody better buckle up. They better strap themselves in because the next five to ten years are going to be 50 million times it's wilder and more bizarre be, than what we are talking about right crazy. now. Right. Yeah, that's true. Which is why you need a podcast like this one, right? Yes. So we have a guest coming and up. And grab a copy of The Christian Left. That's right. Or, or Playing With Fire, a or, modern investigation into demons, <laughs> exorcism, and Lucas What Miles. hucksters? Or, no wonder people or, have called us hucksters Or My before. Tasteful Nudes, if you'll just send me your private email. <laughs> and every listener's gone. All right. Well, then with, with that, you know, I was thinking, you were, Billy, what's it? What, what where is that found that scripture about the narrow gate and the wide road and the right what what was that you're reading it it's Ma I think it's Matthew 7 okay yeah Matthew 7 13 okay. and four, 13 to yeah. 14 I was just thinking I was, I was going through my mind what would be Billy's least favorite scripture and it would be that one because that narrow gate's going to be a problem isn't it Billy <laughs> ladies and gentlemen hello from the sublime to the ridiculous but mostly ridiculous Billy Hollowell. Hey, does this suit make me look fat? It's not what he said, you ignorant wretch. Chris Field. Bad guy in little gold. Let me tell you why I suck. Lucas Miles. I want you to forget what you saw here today. Aw, I've interrupted happy time. The Church Boys. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I hate these guys. So, is our guest here? 
Um, it's not quite. It's not quite time. I guess we got another minute or two. No, because he's smart and decided not to it's come. Like, probably. Um, you know, I just I feel like as somebody who just really feels for the progressive Christians, I think you've hurt so many people's feelings tonight. Listen, I want to. I actually want to make a point about the Satanist video. Yes. It would go a long way, not to lock arms with people, but to show kindness to people. And, and, and I think that is where we sometimes go wrong. I don't doubt he's probably met a lot of people who are horrified by him and treat him as such oh, yeah. who are Christians. Yeah. Well, you can tell that. I mean, part of that is his his bit. You know, I mean, he's presenting sure. himself. Yep. You know, he's got, you know, he's got the hoop earrings and red contacts and face tattoos. And not that there's anything wrong with any of those things. Right. But he's he's positioned. I don't like face tattoos. I'm sorry. I don't like sort them. Of way. Um, I will say that. <laughs> Face tattoos are not my thing. No offense. If you want to get one, go for it. I'm not a fan of them. And honestly, there's nothing that bothers me more in my life that I've seen than stretched out ears. Oh, the ears are. Good. I'm always worried about them tearing. Yeah, me too. I'm that's, worried for those that's, people. That's what I say. I, I see those. And, I'm not so much disgusted by those. I'm disgusted by the thought of what if you walk by a coat rack and catch oh. that and tear it. And that would happen to me. It disgusts me, the or thought if, of it. Or Chris, in, you, in, the, in your case, you mistook it for a donut. I know. I might start nibbling ear. on their ears. <laughs> um, all so, right. So Joshua is actually here. And oh, he, yes. of course, he comes in as this <laughs> conversation. Oh, he's horrified. So sorry. Has he heard what we've been saying? Can he hear us? I he think can, he can yes, hear I think he can. I'm gonna bring I'm going to oh, bring he's trying to leave right he's, now. He gave me a give me a thumbs up. Somebody, he knows. Somebody needs he's to, all in. All right. So we are going him. to welcome Joshua Charles to the show right now. Joshua, how are you? Good. I didn't hear the first part of whatever was so. That's, amusing, prob but, uh, that's oh, probably that's probably that's probably good. Better. And, and I, in fact, I would suggest not listening to this show after this interview is over. <laughs> we were talking about the 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 dangers of progressive Christianity. We had a TikTok video that we just uh, listened to. I didn't know there was such a thing as progressive Christianity. So. Oh well, oh, yeah. it's it's a term that's used. It's you know, no, no, used. I know, I know the term. I'm, I'm joking. You know, so, someone should so beyond what can be considered genuinely Christian. I think someone How should you... someone should write a book about that probably. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give Lucas another chance to promote his book. But how did you end up having the misfortune of meeting Lucas? Um, we met through the Foundations of Freedom folks. Yeah. Oh, OK. All right. So yeah. a good in a good way. Then he presented okay. the week before I did. So I, I came on uh, a week early to kind of get the land layout of the land there and uh, got to hear Joshua. So it was, yeah. it was really enjoyable. So, Joshua, why don't you tell us a little bit about kind of your background and kind of introduce yourself here so we don't butcher it for uh, for our audience? Uh, I, I hate I hate talking about myself for the bio section, but I'll do my best. But uh, Billy, we actually met a number of years ago through Glenn Beck, I think. Uh, yep. One of my first book projects. There was some connect. You were at the Blaze, I think. Yes. Yeah. And Chris yeah. is still at the Blaze. Yeah, Chris. Up there. Up, yeah. Oh, okay, the orange Chris, hat. What's your last name? Field. So I'm one of the editors for the website. You know, and I remember the the project you were working on, but I didn't realize that it was you when when they said. That you were coming on the show. I'm like, remind me, yeah, what, what how I remember that how was I would know ago. him. It was years ago. But, yeah, 2011. Yeah, I mean, I got wrong. the book to Glenn in 2010, yeah. but yeah. or somewhere around there. But yeah, it was anyway, go ahead. 2011. Um, no, I wrote the book in 2010. Yeah, it became published in 2011. No, I am. Um, my most recent gig was I was a speechwriter for Vice President Pence. Good man. Um, you know, of all the years to to do that, 2020, and you know, it's kind of crazy. Um, uh, authored, co-authored several books, including the one with uh, Glenn Beck. That was the first one, actually. Uh, how it came about was a really uh, remarkable, providential set of circumstances, I guess you could say. Um, ever since then, I've just uh, been writing, writing, researching, was at the Museum of the Bible, did their first uh, kind of grand opening Bible. The concept was, um, I'm always trying to think, how do you get the great wisdom of the past and make it more accessible to people today? And so I pitched this idea of a Bible that would basically include stories and pictures and quotes of how the Bible had impacted politics, economics, education, art, all that sort of stuff. Um, and they liked it. And so we did it. So that was a big project there. Um, doing a similar project like that with the American Bible Society right now. They've got a new center opening in Philadelphia, the Faith and Liberty Discovery Center. Um, I'd highly recommend people check out their site. I'm an affiliated scholar with them. Um, and now just um, doing stuff with a number of organizations and, and also working on some of my own uh, visions I've had for a while, but I, I'll keep that private for now. But uh, so is that the yeah. DC, is that the DC way of saying you're unemployed? 
No, oh, okay. no, I'm okay. not. No, okay. no, that that's funny though. That's, <laughs> a lot of people in DC don't speak their mind the way they should, I think. But, yeah. but no, I'm I'm fully employed Good. and everything's going great. And uh, but just uh, there's a lot of different options and paths to consider. Right. I mean, as you guys know, there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of things to fight against these days. Um, and yeah. you know, yeah. but also uh, a lot of things to fight for. You know, and so I'm trying to figure out that balance and. Yep. And which products to say yes to, which ones to say no to. So, well, I'm what just was your, what was your, sorry, Lucas, I'm going to talk over you. What no, was go your, ahead. <laughs> what was your experience? So, yeah, being a speechwriter for Mike Pence, what, what was that like, like pressure wise? I'm just curious about that, that experience. There was pressure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the vice Next question is a, is a really good man. Um, um, I've heard, but, I've heard, uh, I've heard he swears like a sailor. No, no, uh, definitely not. Um, and that's the nice thing about, about Mike Pence. He's, 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 uh, the same guy now he's the same guy, but things are always a little more stressful behind the scenes. I mm -hmm. think that's fair to say. Yep. And so tensions can flare, uh, there's miscommunications, things like that. So, uh, but there's many different aspects of it. So is there any any angle in particular you're interested Yeah, like what was the day-to-day? -day, like it's like a normal job. You like show up and you sit down, you start typing, and you like talk to your coworkers. Like what is it like when you're dealing with the second most powerful person in the world and you're responsible for writing some of the words that they're going to deliver? How much like yeah. West Wing are we talking? That's How what we want to know. How much like West Wing are we talking? <laughs> well, I do want to – I mean – Lucas knows from my previous talk with the other folks. Um, I want to be careful what I say because um, you, you don't know, want to Paul be canceled says, from ever as working. Paul again. says you, you got to give honor where honors due, right? right? And I don't want to defame anybody. Um, I would say that, um, well, first of all, I did this also with the group that Lucas heard me in. Um, you know, no one should think that I was some super big insider or, or anything because I wasn't. But at the same time, I, you know, got to witness and experience some really interesting things in a really interesting time period. That's for sure. Um, so I would say that um, there were that the White House was full of people who were both incredibly patriotic, gifted, talented, were there to serve the country and also people who I think were there more for themselves and more for the allure of being around power and authority. Yeah. Um, and suffice it to say that the way that those two types of people operate was, um, very noticeable and, um, you know, as speech writers and anybody who's done speech writing, will talk about this. I mean, we, we're supposed to, you know, we don't matter, right. We're there to serve the principal, um, and, uh, to communicate, help them communicate to the country based on what's going on. But a lot of people, um, like to uh, they like to use speechwriters to basically get their own stuff in there. I'll put it that way. Um, <laughs> and I think that's, you know, probably the most charitable way to put it and probably the furthest I'll, I'll go in a public setting. Um, but um, so that's something you gotta, you gotta work through. One of my speechwriting colleagues, he was a veteran there. Uh, great guy. Um, he said that speechwriting was, was a hurry up and go. That was a great way to put it. So it was either a million miles an hour or like a total standstill and it could switch at any moment. So, so even when you're at a standstill and you feel like you can relax for a little bit, like the next minute it could go, it can go, uh, go nuts. And that was why the speech writers, we kind of had a little tradition in our office that um, with rare, rare exceptions, we would always stay until the vice president went home um, just in case he needed, you know, some incident comes up internationally or, or President Trump wanted to talk about something and the vice president needed to be there, or whatever it may be. We always stayed until the vice president left. Um, we were among the last people to leave oftentimes. Not always, but often. So, so Would you it do it again? Intense. Would you do it again? Like if the opportunity came yeah. right now? Yeah, okay. I would. Um, I wouldn't want to do it long term. I definitely understand much more why there's a lot of burnout. And for me, it was never the hours. Um, I love hard work. Hard work is, is great. It's, it's in many ways, it's, it's not completely, but in many ways, it's what life is about, right? Doing, doing uh, excellent work uh, for a good purpose, uh, which is what I, I definitely felt we were doing. Um, but at the same time, uh, the phrase I had for people when they would ask me how I think about it, I, uh, I would say, I'm looking forward to looking back on it. And uh, now that I'm on, in the looking back, part of it i can definitely say that that was uh, very preaching of me to say <laughs> so 
So I, I definitely would <laughs> yeah. do it again. It's an amazing experience. You know, you get to serve the country. The vice president's an amazing guy. Um, I met a lot of amazing people there who I think will be lifelong friends and just a great network. Um, but on a strictly, strictly personal level, because I was, of course, not happy that they uh, that they were replaced. Um, but on a strictly personal level, it, it it's nice that it ended a little <laughs> sooner because, you know, you get up, you go to work, and it was frequent that we weren't home till 7, 7.30, sometimes later. Yeah. And that barely gives you enough time to just kind of catch your breath and then and then maybe enjoy a little bit of leisure time. And then you're going to bed and getting up the next morning you're doing it again. Yeah. But that's what you sign up for. So right. I didn't go into it with 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 this idea that it's some ni- nice, cushy job where you get to, you know, just kind of lollygag. Absolutely not. It was I went to it, went into it with my eyes open. I would do it again. Um, and uh, but it did have its own headaches and complications. Um, that wa- were sometimes a little West Wing like, I must say, a, a few times, I you know. Headaches and complications. It's like host co-hosting this show, like working with these guys. So I could totally, I could totally relate to that. Josh, no, I think it's cool. And let me ask you this. Well, so, and there, I, trust me, there are aspects of it that that I talk about it privately with only a few people, and I wouldn't talk about publicly. I will say that just to respect people and to certainly, you know, respect uh, the vice president, the president. You know, um, but can, it's stuff that you know. I don't think it would surprise a bunch of people, but but aspects were, you know, it's the White House. There's intrigue. You can so. say you can say it here. Nobody listens. <laughs> <laughs> well, hearing how you guys were talking before I came in, I wouldn't be surprised if no one's listening. No, oh I'm, yeah, no. I mean, they, they, he they, gets it. He gets it. Hey, is our next guest up now? <laughs> now if they, and you if they do like listen, I feel for them. Believe it or not, you know, not for us to break. Somehow, like the more we took a couple weeks off, and we were in the top 100 again on on news yeah. commentary. So That's it's it's great. like. But I don't know who li- – I feel like it's like one of those things where Lucas is buying fake listeners, you know, and so it's like too. registering them. Um, anyway, Lucas, you were going to yeah, say something. Joshua, thing. You know, it seemed like you could take it. So <laughs> what, what do you – so when you look at the Biden administration right now, and obviously we're, you know, we're not seeing the, the daily speeches you know, from, from, from Biden that we saw you know, from Trump. Are there any sort of Harris? Wait, do you mean President Harris? Are there any sort of critiques that you have or maybe um, – you know, thoughts about what you're seeing that maybe somebody who's kind of been on the inside, you know, might look at the situation a little bit differently right now in terms of maybe how it's handled or, or, uh, you know, policy or etiquette or whatever. You know, um, I'm obviously not a fan of the administration. I think they're, uh, they're you're among friends. Of, they're doing a lot of evil stuff. Um, there you go. Yeah, they're supporting things that I could never, in a million years, support. Um, um, but I do think um, I do think sometimes that our politics has gotten a bit too gotcha, you know. Yeah. So there are many times, like today, uh, what were, where were the details? Somebody had gone to Vice President Harris and. Basically, basically said like, well, if this is so good, the COVID relief package, why do you have to sell it to people? And I forget who it was, and it doesn't really matter at this point. But the, the right wing person who was sharing this was was just acting like this was a total own of Vice President Harris. Mm-hmm. It wasn't. She gave a really reasonable response. She's like, well, uh, this is a big, complicated bill, and we're just trying to let people know what's there. Like sometimes people are busy; they're going about their life and. And we're just trying to let people know what's available to them under this bill. So although I'm not in favor of the bill, it was a totally reasonable answer. Um, But some right wing person had made it into a total gotcha and, you know, kill the libs and and, and whatnot. And, you know, I'm honestly so past that. Um, That is not the sort of thing that will revive the sort of civic culture this country will need to, frankly, at this point, survive as a free society. We've got to be better than that. Uh, uh, there's a lot of people who are very childish um, with with their own enthusiastic consent. Hey, hey, and that hey. has got to end. So, <laughs> hey, I, I'm all for fun. I'm all for fun. Today. No, no, totally, though. But yeah, they sort of own the libs culture. Yeah, yeah uh, no. Nope. Obviously, I think it's far worse on the left, but I expect it from the left. I've, I've, I've seen it and criticized it on the right for many years. It doesn't seem to be getting better. So. Well, it's like the cancel culture thing really did infect the right too. It's like we're oh, yeah, we're talking the left is worse, but the right if if you weren't supportive, if people weren't supportive of Trump, there were people who would cancel them. If he, and yeah. it goes it's not just totally. that, but 
that's an example of it, right? It's like, well, yep. how is that any different than the things we've been complaining about on the left that have been happening? You right. know, so yeah, the left is worse, but we've actually adopted it. And everybody does this. They they suddenly become okay with their side doing something that they've been upset with the other side doing. And that's Correct. first we gotta stand above above that, right? Right. Well, I wrote a column, I'm honestly forgetting what year, but it was during the Obama years. I think it was twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen, somewhere in there. And I wrote a column, you know, a lot of conservatives were criticizing Obama and the left for political correctness, and rightly so. Um, but I, I, I pointed out that actually political correctness, we, we actually do a lot of it ourselves. And basically what it is, is that there's this new, you know, ideological sacred cow that if you don't bow at it, uh, you get, you get, you know, um, excommunicated. And in, in, in the case, the case that I was thinking of at the time was, um, uh, I think it was related to the birther stuff. You know, there were a lot of people who were getting increasingly toxic with people who didn't go along with that. Um, I never thought it was particularly probable that Obama was not born in, in Hawaii. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know. It just, it was never a big deal to me. There were far more seriously, even if it was proven, nothing was going to happen. Um, and so, but there were people treating it as if, as if you're, if, if you're not skeptical about Obama's birth, you're somehow less conservative. And so that was a form of political correctness on the right. There were others as well. Um, but as you were saying, it happened with uh, President Trump as well. It's happening now. And, um, you know, so, for example, the president, as much as they wanted him to win and whatnot, at his CPAC speech, he really went after Ben Sass. Now, Ben Sass, I know I'm touching kind of a, 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 a <laughs> lightning rod here, but but, you know, I'll just put it this way. Um, a Republican Party where men like Ben Sass are not at home is... I don't know if it's a Republican Party where I can be at home, not right. because I agree with Ben Sass and everything, but because he's a good man. He's literally one of the most conservative members of the Senate on just about everything, including 98, 99 percent of what the of what President Trump went for. So, you know, I don't know. But but I, I completely agree with you, Bill, um, Bill Lee. Billy, you go by Billy, right? I do, but you know what? I've got like a lot of other names. Yeah, you, go, you go with it. Go with whatever you want. I've got I'm some. Fine with any I've got of some. It. If you want, I'll I'll email you some other names we have for Billy. <laughs> you know, I I feel like yeah, it's interesting too when Trump when Trump critiques Republicans who have been longstanding Republicans. Yep. I sometimes am like, huh? Like I just because it's like nobody believes that. Trump is a lifelong Republican. He wasn't a lifelong. He was a Democrat until yeah. he wasn't. Right yeah. now, I don't. I'm not going to judge his heart. I don't know policy wise. He governed mostly like a Republican, right? Yeah. So, but I, it always I find it so fascinating that people get on board so quickly with those critiques because it's like this dude was against everything you're for five years ago. So calm down, take a step back, and realize that hopefully it's all authentic. But these people are actually authentic. Like I don't agree with every with Mitt Romney on every on a lot of things, right? But I have no reason to think that he's a terrible, evil, horrible person. I've sure. never thought that about him, right? So, yeah. um, but yet we're led to believe that the he criticism is. Criticism might be the opposite with Romney, that he's too much of a goody two shoes. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's a rhino. Well, like, what is a rhino? Is a rhino somebody now who disagrees with Trump? Is that what a rhino that's, is? is a rhino? That's, yeah, what, so it is. It, it, that's be, what it is now. That's the one ideology of, of the, apparently, of the Republican Party. Now, I know you work for President Trump. That's fine. Uh, but I'm, I, I'm with you on the understanding of what this cancel culture has become within with on the right. Right. If you are if you did not, it, it has gotten to the point, or at least it was. Maybe it's calmed down a little bit now. If you didn't genuflect to Trump, you couldn't be a part of the Republican Party or you could yeah. be a part of the conservative movement. Now, yeah. that's not the case here because I was never a Trump guy. Billy kind of was and then wasn't. I mean, there, there's some shifting that happened. And and Lucas has been a Trump guy. And that's fine. We're all brothers here. It's that when we're friends. I mean, well, Lucas and I are friends, but we get along. <laughs> At least we play nice. Uh, we try to when we can. If Billy's not sure. talking, so. But anyway, uh, th there is a cancel culture on the right, and I, and I totally agree with you. I, I want to shift gears just a second because I, I do want to ask you a, a kind of a career kind of question, and that is first, how did you land the job being a speechwriter for Pence? How'd you how'd you come by that? And then, what's it like? When when the when you write something for the vice president and then he completely edits it or doesn't use it or, you know, casts it aside. And then along those lines, Trump's did Trump even have speechwriters because he seemed to just. Kind oh, yeah. of, I mean, I know that he did. And sometimes he was reading from a teleprompter, you could tell. But then he'd kindly 
he would do his Trump thing, which is fine. Yeah. It's his thing, right? And he'd stop and he's just and he would do his he would do his riffing, right? Yeah. Did yeah. that drive his speechwriters nuts? So that's I don't three know. questions. I'm, I actually have I'm good friends with them actually. I just had a call with one of them yesterday um with some of them. I don't know all of them, but some of the some of the guys and um I, we never really talked about. I think they just it's just part of breathing air at this point for them. Sure. So they just kind of expect it. And in all honesty, the vice president riffs, riffs a lot, too, um, or riffed, and, and he's really good at it. You yeah. know, he, he was a former radio guy. And and um, so uh, so your first question, how did it how did it happen? It, it's kind of a long story. Um, I'll try to I haven't talked about it publicly before, so I'll try and be careful um, how I do it. But um, I had a friend prominent in the conservative movement. Anybody who's a conservative has seen him on Fox News a lot. And after Trump was elected, but before he was inaugurated, he was like, well, I mean, would you be interested in being a speechwriter for him? I was like, I mean, okay, that'd be pretty amazing to help the president write speeches. So I was open to it. So the speechwriting team um, wanted me, but I had written some anti-Trump columns during the primaries. I was. How dare you? How dare you? You're not welcome in the Republican Party anymore. (laughs) But I will say, so look. You know, I can play a little devil's advocate, devil's advocate here. Um, so it's the law school part of me. Um, given what I've seen in the White House, I can understand why they'd be iffy about people who had done that. I can understand it. I, sure. I think the unfortunate consequence was they sometimes I don't mean this in a self-serving way, but they sometimes lost out on having good, talented people who otherwise would have been loyal, but it's like, there's always a primary season. There's always going to be winners and losers in a primary season. You got to get over it. Um, but seeing a little bit how it was inside, you know, for example, um, uh, I won't mention names. So I don't want this person to in any way hear about this and start going after me, but there was, there was a prominent person on the vice president staff who, after they left, um, they went to the media and kind of, I know who it is. Sorry. I know who started it is. supporting Joe Biden. Right. You know, I had met this person, thought um, pretty highly of them and still do in some ways. Um, but they go out and do that, you know, of, and, of her and, or. Yeah, of her. Yeah, I'm not saying her or him. <laughs> I know um, you're very careful. You know, they're, they're very <laughs> I won't say it. I won't say it. Uh, Billy. Um, so um, it's a, it was a her or a he. It was one of the. Well, other. nowadays, I don't. I don't know if it even matters. <laughs> they are them. So anyway, this person totally went out and and, and uh, became, you know, a, a problem for the administration. So I get it. But anyway, um, I was nixed because of that. Um, I was approached again uh, and was nixed again. Um, and then uh, in September 2019, it's it's I'll give the extremely short version. I um, it'll sound strange, perhaps maybe not to you guys because you're believers, but I had a growing sense in prayer over several months. I needed to go east in the D.C. area for a season, and I didn't know why. I had some thoughts, but I wasn't sure. The White House was not one of them. Um, that had kind of just been there and done that kind of thing. I figured it was going nowhere. And so some mentors of mine who were out there, I said, you know, you guys have a furnished apartment. Would you be cool if I came out and just lived there for a little bit to explore? So I'm not, you know um anchored down with a lease they're like that'd be great um and so my lease was up in march in california i'm back in california now and of course march is when the COVID thing exploded and so but i went out anyway about a month later i was helping my parents uh for the first month or so you know i was with their age they're in their 50s but i i was like doing the grocery shopping and things like that when things were so everybody was so scared which i was too that first month um and so um, go out in April in Northern Virginia. I have no idea what I'm doing. Everything's still on quasi lockdown. Um, so I went through through an intense period of prayer and fasting. Honestly, the most fasting I've ever done, most prayer I've probably ever done. And I ended up reconnecting with the White House. Um, and a week later, sorry, I can't snap. So I do this and nothing happens. So, um, <laughs> but uh, but uh, it seemed like the thing to do. But, uh, you know, and then week later something like that i'm writing for the vice president of the united states it was just nuts and so i i took that as confirmation that in some mysterious way i was i was hearing 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 his voice in some way so that's great that's and cool. and could you have ever imagined that he would lead you to this show to talk about it all <laughs> i can't so i can't this get only i knew the sights were set so high <laughs> i can't get past the i can't i, I i'm as we discuss if you listen to the show you'll discover this 
I'm again the dumb one on the show. I can't get past the fact that you can't snap. Are you missing fingers? Yeah, I'm a pianist. You would think that I would be I able can't to do really so I played, with this I played piano too, but I, I, I could probably do it if I practiced, but I, I just never. You know, we all have our idiosyncrasies. That's one of mine. I can't snap. So, God. Yeah. I'm, that's all I'm going to be able to remember from you this. You just finished serving the country, Chris. I, that's just all I'm going to be able to remember from Listen, this we've interview. We've got bigger problems. Joe Biden is referring to his vice president as president again. Okay, we've got bigger <laughs> problems. Yeah, that, yeah. He that did really again has, today. Did. Oh, man. Oh, President Harris. Oh, Hopefully dear. it's not Freudian. But I'm that is the third is. time that has happened. Is it not at least the third time? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, he was wandering around the White House lawn <laughs> earlier, too. Uh, I just, he's looking for his dog. I don't know. I mean, I will say this. He has way more faculties than me or Lucas. <laughs> that is true. So I don't know <laughs> who that says more about. But um, I, I, don't, I actually find Joe Biden entertaining. And the thing is, everyone acts like he's senile now. Joe Biden has been like this. When he got on with Katie Couric, what yeah. was that? What year was 2011 when he's like... Yeah. yeah, you know, FDR got on the television when the stock market crashed and calmed everybody down, and it's like FDR <laughs> wasn't president. Yeah, there was no there was television. No TV yet. Television. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a loon. That's yeah. awesome. But anyway, yeah. so I, so the gap reel for Biden goes back many. Yeah, decades. yeah, it does. So I I do have another question for you, and this is not serious, serious, but it's a fun question because it helps me gauge your take on DC. I worked in DC for twelve years. And now I'm back on the West Coast. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm back on the West Coast. So 12 years was... was oh, where, where on the West Coast? I live in Washington State. So oh, okay, great. I'm up north of you. Anyway, um, so I worked there and I worked on Capitol Hill for Republican leadership and was involved with politics and things. And I tried... I wrote down five, five either television or movie titles. And you tell me what you think DC is most like. Okay. Da Dave. Well, the, what was that first one? Dave... With okay. Kevin, I actually Kevin Klein. Seen that movie, okay. So I don't know. Yeah, that's because it's from like the 1930s, probably. But continue, Chris. <laughs> you know, I'm a history guy and a classical music. So on music, this... I joke with people if I if they haven't been dead 100 years, I haven't. Okay, Chris so... has been dead 100 years, so expect all of these to not Chris, be this... things you know. So this uh... is somebody. The reason I wanted Joshua on here is because I wanted somebody else on the show that's actually read Augustine before. Okay. I've now you're throwing Augustine. Dave at him. I, I had to take. I've read Augustine. Billy, have you read Augustine? <laughs> The answer to that question is no, and I did. <laughs> Probably not. In fact, I was the only I was the only non-religious. I had to take so okay. Let me defend myself for just one second. <laughs> I had to take a religion or philosophy class my senior year, right, to fulfill some requirements. I went to a a a, um, a faith-based Christian sure. liberal arts college in Idaho. Oh, great. Okay, so. And you had to take religion classes. So I had taken a couple, but then I had to take one my senior year in order to graduate, right? So they wouldn't let me take a 102-level, 200-level class because the professors were just kind of— Too dumb. They were being stinkers, right? So they put me in a 400-level philosophy class, okay? Oh, my. Right? That's a risk. So For I was, an undergrad, that, that's hard. Yeah, so, that's, so I'm in that class, and there's 12 of us in the class. 11 okay. of them are philosophy and religion majors. One okay. of us was a history major. Or, no, English major. Anyway. Okay. So I, was it I, good for you? It actually was. It was really good. We would read a book yeah. a week and discuss it, and and Aristotle and all that. Like we you learn how to swim when you're thrown right. in the deep end. So the great the great thing was was there was one person in the class who got an A. You? I'll just I'll just leave that there. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. No, I okay. no I did I did I, I nailed that. All right, that go back class. to your anyway. Movie. Okay, so honestly, go back to your like silent films, please. So okay, okay. Wait, really quick, you yes. said it was in Idaho. This yes. Was really the liberal arts school. Yes. North was it New St. Andrews? No. Was, if you name, hold on it. Don't, okay. If you name the White House official, then he'll name the college. Go. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Fair enough. That's a good, good, good. That's a good job, Billy. All right. So I, I have me up really fast. All right. I, so I have I have Dave, which is one with Kevin Klein, where he plays it, the the identical. It's like he's like a twin of the president who's had a stroke, but it's he's not actually he's just a lookalike. Okay. So Dave, no. the American president, which is uh, Michael Douglas. Yep. West Wing. House of Cards or Veep? You know, th this is going to be embarrassing. I, besides House of Cards, I haven't seen any of those. I'm with you, actually. I have the I, same. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I love movies and stuff, but I, I'm mostly a reader, to be quite honest with yeah. you. 
So nerd. I, I don't I don't have TV. I, I you know I yeah it's just it's something I've progressively yeah, yeah, right. progressively. I don't watch TV life, or read. I've I've so. long I've long said since since the <laughs> shows since the first since I saw the first five minutes of the first episode of Veep I said Washington D.C. is a combination of House of Cards and Veep. Right. What was the I first one? Gone with the Wind. Long. What was that? House Dave. of Cards and Veep. The first one was Dave. So what aspects of it, Chris? What so? What, well, it's because what both of them, both of those shows are all about. It is it is a vulture culture in Washington D.C. Yeah. and it is all about me and being at the front of the line. I mean, Northern Virginia is the worst place in the world to raise a family, which is why we moved, right? Yeah. But so it's it's all about the me me me, and it's all this chasing the career. Like West Wing was about what do we do for the country, and these people who are, who are altruistic, right? And American president is the same way. And Dave is just it's a comedy, and it's this guy who's trying to you know trim the budget and finding all these different places to cut, and it's silly. sure. But House of Cards and Veep, though very different. <laughs> you are such a jerk. There's, do you see the banner? Are you seeing a banner across? Your I do see okay. that. Yeah. See, I don't see a banner. See, Billy, has, banner? Billy has There's control. There's breaking news that Chris actually can't read. <laughs> anyway, so but they're both very they're both very focused on self. Both of those shows, right? Yeah. But one of them is yeah. from a drama, right? Where Kevin not uh, Kevin Spacey's character will do anything to get ahead, right? And then yeah. Veep is you know uh, Elaine from Seinfeld, Louis Julia Louis Dreyfus, and it's it is hysterical. I mean, it yeah. is. Slap your mama funny. And anyway, but they're I both. I didn't know you watched these like modern shows. I thought it was the black and whites for you. The I, old, I honestly old, didn't realize. Old, old Lone Ranger this episode. Like, right. <laughs> I, I do like the old, I mean, I'm old Ranger. mesmerized by this revelation. <laughs> well, the word I've used to describe it. Now, again, I was there for seven or eight months. So, I, yeah. again, I'm not some veteran. But it's been one of those things where people have wondered for a long time, why aren't you in D.C.? And. I used to think in high school it'd be a place I wanted to work. But honestly, whenever I went there and most of the people I knew in politics were just not people whose lives yeah. I wanted to imitate with right. very with very few exceptions. And so, again, I'm not some like big insider. I know a lot of people in politics, but I haven't been and I'm not a D.C. insider by any yeah. stretch. But I would that the word I kept using when I was there and since is pathological. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. There, there's there's some really great people there, some colleagues of mine who are fantastic. Like I said, I think they'll be lifelong friends, um, especially my fellow speechwriters. Great guys um, or girls. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, they were all guys. Um, but uh, except for that but, one. Yeah. Very, there were some very pathological personalities. And I, I think what just to be a little bit more serious for a moment. Um, one of the things that was very disturbing to me um, was how much the short attention span aspect of our culture dominates our politics, um, even at that level, frankly. And um, I think that's something that that's it, not a way for a great nation to run itself. Um, and I think anybody who works in D.C. will say that it's quite common to have this kind of uh, everybody's hair on fire, everything's yeah. an emergency kind of thing when it's what it's really about is just trying to get the news cycle to go your way. Yeah. Um, without realizing that, you know, in a few hours that this news cycle will be done. And in the meantime, the country has massive problems that, uh, right. have to be resolved. And so, yeah, I, that was just, it was honestly one of the more discouraging elements of it. Um, especially in 2020. So, all right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna let you go and then talk about you. Is there any place that people can find you online or where you'd like anything? You anything like we have a lot of times when we have guests, it's they're they're here to hawk something. So I don't think you have anything to hawk. Well, maybe you do, but I mean, my, sure. You? My website, Twitter, joshuatcharles.com, and then my Twitter's at joshuatcharles. I'm doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes right now, but like I said, stay tuned for some future projects. And hopefully. and so. and you are employed, so that's good. Yes. All right. Very much. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks for coming on. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for inviting thank me. You. Oh, thank you. Gosh, you great seeing you again. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, I really enjoy yeah, mocking you guys. How unprofessional was I tonight? And it felt so good. Okay. So, <laughs> wait, I know. Chris was asking about if he can snap and. I didn't even understand what was going fingers. on with, with you, Chris. Like, what you're you talking mean? about Gone with the Wind and no, you've got movies no. that you're in. <laughs> and apparently you watch Veep, which I cannot picture oh, you it's, watching it's Veep. Hysterical. It is. It was 
One of the funniest is shows that on I've the ever H- seen. Is that on Homebox? Yes. HBO? Homebox office. Yes. Well, I'm, I was it's calling it by the name you would know. By the name you would know. Yes, I was trying to speak your vernacular. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> so you watch it on the Homebox. I didn't uh, even know. We. I actually will not pay for for HBO. I no, I. To. Well, let's say I don't either. I had. I want to. I take it from other people. Right. Well, no, I. I. There was like a free trial for like six months. So I had the app and I was watching. I would watch the. Watch see, I need to get it to get the uh, the Snyder cut of the new Justice I League. I'm, I I'm tempted to get the like the one week, yeah. one week yeah, trial. It's but happen. no, like, but also some episodes of Veep have been on uh, like um, Amazon Prime and stuff. I think Amazon Prime is yeah, on there. Yeah. So. I've not watched it actually. I saw some House yeah, of Cards. Now a couple of there is of that. Now, there is some foul language, right? But it is funny. I mean, it is. I think the fact that you were the one who recommended it, our audience would assume it has foul language. I just think that that is the... See, I feel like nobody realizes that Chris is the goodiest good out of all of us. He's never had a sip of alcohol. He has literally never in 300 years has he had a sip of alcohol. He has (laughs) never done anything that is wrong. He never fights with anybody. Honestly, he is the goody good. Lucas... I feel like it's a tie. I feel like I'm the most likely to watch a terrible show, but I don't even know how to turn my TV on. <laughs> you just I'm ask, not kidding you. you just I don't ask, know how to operate my TV. You just ask Alexa to turn your television on. No, I really, I One do have, I have an Alexa, Alexa in every video. room, and my problem now is that I can't remember which name, because we have so many of them, that if you, you can't name them all Echo, I don't have one in this room, and so I will, I'm like, Echo, Alexa, yeah. and I'm like, and they're all going off at yeah. different, in different rooms. So, okay, so. so, speaking of cruel, we have just a couple minutes, I know we gotta, we gotta go, we gotta cut out, but we have to, we, we teased this the last episode, and she oh, was yeah. kind enough to send us her segment, Kate Scanlon. Had her first oh, no. ever segment that she recorded for uh, EWTN. Is, that, am I saying is she it's on a, camera like with a microphone? She is. No. In this segment, and like a she's, bonnet? Can you well, see no, her? No, no bonnet. But so it's she's doing voiceover for most of it. We and should then at have the brought end, her into on. like the, the green room on this chat so she could watch us make fun of her while we <laughs> so, while we like live she'll stream. She'll listen later and so, so are her family. They so, love listening oh, to so us. So it's this is going to be good. So we're going to – I'm going to – Play some of it for you. No, it's about a three-minute clip, but I have trimmed it down. Right? Can we handle three but minutes of her? I mean, like wait, he's characters in her tweet, so like she kind does of a, I'm over she it. does a she does a weekly. Well, not she doesn't she doesn't do a weekly. Her segment was on their weekly show called In Depth, I think is what it's called. And so she did a segment of a three-minute package on um, the Equality Act that's going through Congress, right? And so I thought I don't want to play the whole thing, so I'll just play highlights from it so that we can at least get a taste of of Scanlon so oh, we can no. at least get a taste of Scanlon with her first ever package now it's a, as Mike uh, Opalka was sure to point out on Twitter like please don't refer to the Blazes uh, a first original junk correspondence work as a package uh, but anyway so this is, these are the highlights from now the first voice you're going to hear it's this this clip it's not real long the first voice you hear is the, the who's the lady who's the anchor of this in-depth show, right? And she introduces Kate. Kate does Scanlock does her her voiceover work and then closes with a live shot. Um, she's on cam- she's on camera at Capitol on Capitol Hill. She's in the rotunda, one of the rotundas. Anyway, so that's what we're gonna we're gonna play now. But now re- the important thing to remember is there's two big things you have to know about Kate Scan. Three big things you need to know about Kate Scanlock. One of them Harry has, Potter. Harry Potter. It has nothing to do with this clip. The other two are that she's extremely catholic right and she's the she was the official junk correspondent for the blaze for years now anyway so now i'm going to play the highlight reel from her first ever package for ewtn let me make sure i get this turned up because we don't want to miss this okay here we go a bill that would amend landmark civil rights legislation is currently under consideration in Congress. For many Catholics, the Equality Act is cause for alarm. Reporter Kate Scanlon explains. Sex discrimination, sexual orientation and gender identity, religious organizations, Catholic National Catholic Register, Catholics, New York Cardinal Timothy Dolan, religious religion. At the U.S. Capitol, I'm Kate Scanlon, EWTN News in depth. And there we have it. <laughs> Catholic, Catholic. I love Bishop, that. Catholic. I, I, let me say. Let me say this. Can I hear that again? Yes. I can't yeah. I hear I, it let, again. Me, let me say. I love this woman. Right. Kate, Kate Scanlon. We call her Scanlonk. Is one of my all-time favorite people. So we do this knowing full well that <laughs> this is going to make her laugh. Here we this go. is going to unleash 
she's going to unleash hell on Twitter. Oh, I hope it's going to so. happen. I hope so. She's probably the reason we get the top 100. Here we go. A bill that would amend landmark civil rights legislation is currently under consideration in Congress. For many Catholics, the Equality Act is cause for alarm. Reporter Kate Scanlon explains. Sex discrimination, sexual orientation and gender identity, religious organizations, Catholic National Catholic Register, Catholics, New York Cardinal Timothy Dolan, religious religion. At the U.S. Capitol, I'm Kate Scanlon, EWTN News in depth. And there we go. Religious religion. <laughs> I love it. Oh. So there we go. There we have it. That was a heck of a show. Oh my gosh. That was uh, fabulous. It was. That was a fun episode. It was fun. You know? It was more fun than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> That's not fair. <laughs> Why would I say such a thing? I mean, you're truly... you want to you want to bring Joshua back on to I ask do. him which Groucho Mark he actually just emailed us and said he'd love to come back sometime. I, I would Can love to have now, now. Listen, I didn't say that to say I'm talking. Not was that that comment was not about our guest. That no, I'm saying why would he ever want to come back to this like, again? Do you, I don't know. <laughs> I don't even want to come back to this. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. I dread every Thursday. I do too. Oh, every Thursday. It just hangs over my head like a cloud. I hate those guys. God, why am I doing this? It was stalking. <laughs> close to wedding myself. <laughs> 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 this is the stupidest show in the world. Oh my gosh. I think I did pee myself a little. Oh my <laughs> the Church Boys. At the U.S. Capitol, I'm Kate Scanlon, EWTN News In-Depth.